Welcome to Ethereal Underground. I'm your host, TNT, and this is episode 50. The Big Five O. You know, it's been quite some time since I did an episode on Ethereal Underground. I've been super busy with research, work, and playing a large part of this spiritual warfare that all of us are engaged in, whether we want to or not, or whether we're aware of it or not. You know, when I mentioned spiritual warfare, another way of stating this would be a warfare of the mind a warfare of reality, a warfare of consciousness. The difficulty with this type of warfare is it's in the realm of the abstract as opposed to the physical. Many episodes and shows and interviews that I've done over the years have talked about the physical aspect of our reality pretty much comes automatic. We don't have to work very hard. In fact, we don't have to work at all to understand the manifestation of the physical world. We're born and raised in a physical world and the physical world interacts with our known physical senses. So you have seeing, smelling, hearing, taste, and touch. Assuming there isn't any physical or genetic flaws, our physical senses help reinforce the physical world. So we learn from infancy, uh, speech, and then walking. Then we graduate into running, jumping, which is part of the playing process of childhood, riding a bicycle perhaps, understanding balance. Maybe it moves as we get older into sports, which is more skill and balance, could be Soccer, basketball, gymnastics, hockey, figure skating, things of that nature. But the physical part of reality easily could be 50%. And maybe I'm being generous when I say 50% of life and our conscious experience. The other 50% or perhaps greater 
60, 70% of life as we know it, experience of our consciousness is in the unseen, the non-physical, the abstract realm. As research scientists, we've been studying and my research and those that I collaborate with, we've come to understand our consciousness, for example, is not housed inside the physical body. Whether you agree with that or not, it's irrelevant. We know what we've learned, what we're studying. We're scientists. Not saying we're superior than you. It's just what we do for a profession. So we eat, sleep, and drink this all day long. We know what we're talking about. doesn't matter that you have to believe this or not. So I'm speaking from my personal perspective. What am I convinced? What do I believe is, is real? And the abstract to us is real. The consciousness is not housed inside the body. No consciousness is. Memories are stored in an etheric field. That's where the mind is. The body is a meat suit. It's a organic bioelectrical body. It's comprised of vitamins, minerals, proteins, amino acids, and voltage. There's almost one volt per cell. There's trillions of cells. So each human being represents trillions of volts. It's just each volt is insulated in the cell in low amperage. So if you shake someone's hand or give someone a hug, the two don't get electrocuted. But electricity is everywhere. It's in plants. It's in earth. It's in animals. It's, it's in us. So we're bioelectrical. Water plays a huge part in life. And water is interesting molecule. It's a liquid crystal. It exists in all three phases. Solid, liquid, gas, vapor. In standard earth temperatures. So it's common for water to exist, liquid, solid, or vapor, depending on where you are on planet Earth, based on Earth's seasons. So water is a conductor of electricity. We're comprised of water. And water is an interesting molecular structure because it's, it's a tuner. It can have and retain memory or code. What is it get memory or code from counter space, the etheric field? It's very interesting how that works. The sun, our primary star, plays a large role in emitting electromagnetic frequencies, and there's data attached to these frequencies. And DNA has receptors to receive these frequencies and download and interpret the data that these frequencies are carrying. Well, why do I, I say that? When there's a, a spiritual warfare, the majority of that warfare is not in the physical realm. It's in this abstract or in the etheric field. And it would be technologies or conscious intent to manipulate 
the human experience, to manipulate humans' reality, to manipulate humans' conduct, behavior, beliefs, to control or influence their consciousness, their awareness, how they perceive data and how they respond. If you're able to do that, that can be a tremendous tool or a tremendous weapon. So there's been hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Probably it'd be correct to say thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of science fiction novels, theatrical plays, movies, television, programs with a science fiction theme. And primarily you have a science fiction theme where there's some type of monster or alien, a group of monsters or aliens could be different shapes, sizes, and how they infiltrate either Earth or if there's an expedition of astronauts and they're traveling the stars and they land on a foreign alien planet and then they come in contact with these life forms and keeps you on the edge of the seat and some things pop out of people's chest or body or they're invisible and it's suspenseful and are they going to make it or not you have entire scripts that use that for inter entertainment purposes but there is a strong possibility and ancient texts absolutely refer that there's many life forms there's a great number of existence of life outside earth and life forms that are not human makes that very clear talks about the heavenly realm spirit creatures angels then there's fallen angels and storylines the demonic realm multi-dimensional the ancient texts refer to these life forms being very old way older than carbon-based human mankind in fact the references is that mankind is kind of the new kid on the block so we're a fairly new life form and species compared to what has already existed and other dimensional life what if other life forms or other dimensional conscious entities took an interest in this new human life form what if their intentions were not honorable could they influence or hijack human society or the human experience the answer would be yes so to oversimplify you could have you know good guys bad guys the ancient scriptural texts talk about fallen angels spirit creatures that were in a realm of unity peace and love with source this dynamic energy the divine, but a rebellion broke out. And 
this new life form, mankind, was kind of front and center, front row of this rebellion. And there are many issues of this rebellion, according to these ancient texts, mainly who or if any entity or organization has the right to have jurisdiction, governance over the human race, the human species, free will, creation of reality. There's hours and hours, thousands of hours of discussions on each of these topics. If there's any validity to these ancient stories and the existence of other life forms that are not human and most likely are of other dimensions than the realm that we exist in, which I believe absolutely is the case, if there is a rebellion or some went rogue per se, they would absolutely have technologies that we would not understand. They would also have technologies that are not of this realm or not of this world. And it would stand to reason they would certainly use these advanced technologies, off-planet technologies, or technologies of a different realm or dimension. And from our perspective, how would we be aware or know of these technologies? How would we know they exist? How would we know that they're being used against us? Next question would be, how would we develop a defense of such technology or weaponry, whatever term you want to use, to co-opt or hijack our reality, our consciousness, our thought processes? I would say it'd be extremely difficult, if not downright impossible. And that could be the situation for the last 8,000 years of mankind's recorded history. It seems like that is exactly what's happening. Some type of spiritual warfare involving mankind, you, you and I, and methods and technologies that we do not understand. It's impossible for us to understand. But one of the popular themes of these science fiction movies of say hostile alien intent when it comes to mankind would be that of some type of invasion of the body snatchers or control where they enter humans or they can look like humans and be deceitful to carry out their agenda well that doesn't seem too far-fetched because in nature right now in nature that exists there are parasites alien intruders parasites that enter insects and animals they live within the body or skeletal structure 
of insects and animals. And they can live years inside their host. And recent studies have shown they're starting to understand how a parasite that's living inside its host has technologies and the ability to control the animal or the insect's vision, reality, and their neural network. So that to me is alarming, shocking, very scary. So nature shows that alien invasion is possible. That something can dwell inside a body and take control of that entity, take control of the host. There was a study done at Kobe University and they researched hairworm parasites which live inside the body of insects. Your mantids, crickets, locusts, for example, they typically inhabit forests and grasslands. And the, the hairworm When it reaches maturity, it's living inside the host now. As it grows and it reaches maturity, it induces the host to enter a waterway, ponds, rivers, and creeks, where the parasite, the hairworm, exits the host. It breeds in that water and it completes its life cycle. So how the hairworm causes its host to enter the water has been a mystery for researchers well over 100 years. Recent laboratory experiments seem to have concluded how this is possible. How is the parasite able to get that praying mantis, the locust, cricket, when it's ready to exit the host and complete its breeding cycle? override the neural network and get that insect to go into this body of water. And it turns out that the parasite is able to control the neural network vision. It's able to trick the insect through polarized light. It can make the insect see a body of water glow an effervescence of a magenta color which in a way is a, a hypnotic draw of that insect. It's seeing this polarized light of a water glowing a magenta and it goes towards that water and then jumps in. Now, unfortunately in this case, that would be the, the insect drowns, the parasite exits the host and breeds. 
what would you think if I told you there's a possibility that there's technologies right now where it's so advanced that a synthetic parasite could exist inside our bodies where we are the host and a synthetic parasite can grow and grow and grow and influence our reality. What we see and influence our consciousness, affecting how we behave, how we believe, how we conduct ourselves. That would be horrifying, absolutely horrifying. But what if the technology not only exists, but scenarios were created where that technology was injected or introduced to a large section of human society. I don't know, 60, 70%, let's say. You would have, at that point, a ruination of the human society. The human society would not be able to recover with 60, 70% having such a technology of a synthetic parasite that grows, multiplies, and replicates inside the human body, it would be game over. What if the technology was so advanced that those that had the synthetic parasite were able to trans-infect the other 30 or 40% who did not have the technology injected inside them? Well, then it's game over. There's no way humanity can survive because eventually the 30-40% who are cautious, did research, wise, whatever term you want to use, did everything they could to be protected and remain organic, remain original, but such a high percentage of family, neighbors, workmates, community are infected that through trans infection, eventually all humans have this parasite inside them. The evidence is looking that that's absolutely potentially what could be going on right now. A technology so advanced, we can't comprehend. It, it enters science fiction or fanti, fantasy world But it's a technology no one is taught in schools and higher fields of learning, colleges and universities. Even the concept wouldn't be familiar, but exists to a certain branch of a scientific community, a scientific community that is in the military division, where there's unlimited funding to secretly develop such technology, or humans have had help from a non-human intelligence to develop such technology. Depends how far you wanna go down your imagination, theories, speculation, and so forth. But if there's a technology that's self-assembling, 
through nanoparticulates, graphene oxide, and electromagnetic energy that comes from five and six G telecommunication systems, which by the way is pretty much installed throughout all first world nations and pretty much all second world nations. When 5G was rolled out, 6G was rolled out at the same time. People aren't aware of that. So when you have electromagnetic signaling or pulsing, goes right through the body and programs and turns on and off nanotechnology. So we're talking about technology so small, thousands of these nano units, tens of thousands can fit inside one human cell. I've used this illustration before, so I'll repeat it, this might help. Nanotechnology is so small. If you're in a major European soccer stadium, as they call it football over there, or in the United States and Canada, United States football, where they wear the helmets and shoulder pads, you have a, a professional stadium, say it holds 50,000, big stadium. You might have it in Kansas City, for example, Green Bay, Chicago, Philadelphia. Just pick your favorite football team. Picture that huge stadium of 50,000 seats. And on the 50-yard line, in the middle of the field, you have three footballs. They're all touching one another. One, two, three footballs on the 50-yard line. That's how small these nanoparticulates are, and the stadium would represent a human cell. So tens of thousands of this technology can exist in each human cell, and we have trillions of cells in our body. Now, these cells, being that tiny, would absolutely respond to the 5 or 6G signaling. goes right through the skin, the bones, and into the inner components of the cell. You've got the nucleus, the mitochondria, different vesicles. So this is really... Mind-blowing. We're, we're at a stage of humanity where for the first time the technology is advanced enough where the human race can no longer exist as we've known it for the last 8,000 years of recorded history. What do you do? What do I do? That question and the gravity or severity of this issue is what some of us scientists deal with every day. How would you like to live with that kind of burden, that kind of knowledge? Almost 100% of the human population does not have this knowledge. They don't have the skill set and they don't care. What are they worried about? Day-to-day -day living, car payments house payments, rent, utility bills, relationships, entertainment, personal problems, health issues. This type of scenario described in this episode is not even on the radar, never will be. It takes a 
certain ind individual to not only study this, but open their mind and grasp the severity of a magnitude of what type of physical but spiritual war that's involved that involves all of human society. So to make a long story short, it's a combination of researching the possibilities are they, whoever they are, these would be off book, highly secretive organizations, probably comprising of human and non-human cooperation. Who are they? How do these technologies work if they do exist? Is there anything that can be done about it? And is there a way to remain organic? The next issue would be if we, which I do not believe we got here through accidental happenstance, but if we got here through intelligent design, is there life forms and intelligence responsible for our existence, creating this reality? Are they gonna help? Do you think they're happy with what's happening to humanity right now? Do you think they're happy what's happening to the earth, to plants and animals? One way or another, in less than a decade, the speed at which AI is being rolled out and these technologies, in the next 10 years, one of two things will happen. Either mankind will no longer cease to exist as we know it and organic with its original design for the last 8,000 plus years. And it's changed into some type of transhumanism without our approval, without our consent. Because there are entities, human and non-human, powerful enough to accomplish this. And we can't stop it. Or... The second option, there are entities equally, if not more powerful, responsible for life, and they will not sit on the sidelines and let this happen to humanity, our reality, and our consciousness. Our understanding and research shows probably within 10 years, we'll find out which one of the two scenarios exists. If you're at that level and you understand really what's going on and you're dealing with this on a daily basis, think of, think of the mindset of the group of people that are dealing at this level of thinking on a daily basis. You think they're worried about Ford versus Chevy, Democrat versus Republican. You think they're worried about politics? You think they're worried about the economy? You think they're worried about kids not knowing what gender they are? You think they're worried about what the latest Hollywood movie is going to roll out? Do you really? You think they're watching TV? Streaming cable TV? You think they're calling their broker and wondering how their 401k or their retirement portfolio looks like? 
You know the answer. Of course not. That's insane. So, if you're listening to this podcast, I encourage you to dive deep within yourself. Ask yourself, why are we here? What's the purpose of life? How do you think we got here? What do you think your role is in, in this? To consume? To watch movies, buy clothing, new vehicles? Accumulate wealth, married, have kids, the white picket fence. To get into debates and arguments over Ford versus Chevy, Republican versus Democrat. Is that really what you think? Do you think you have a role that you can resist and fight this? Do you think you have a role in creation of reality? Do you think you're meant to continue to advance in wisdom, knowledge, understanding of how we got here and what our purpose is? Or the status quo, and if you're fortunate, live 80, 90 years, you kick the bucket, and then what? What happens at death? Is there life after death? And if so, prove it. Did you hear it sitting in some church or watching a YouTube video? How do you know? What's your basis of your understanding what happens after death? And is there life after death? Where'd you get your information? What I've noticed, and this isn't about me, but what I've noticed is I've spent thousands and thousands of hours on social media talking about science discoveries, the spiritual aspect, the higher understanding of the abstract, not the physical, but the abstract, with virtually zero interest. Do I need to repeat that? Zero interest. So long ago, I've separated myself from the community, from general mankind. I'm not like them. I don't associate with them. And to be honest, I don't want anything to do with them. If by any chance there's one or two people out there who's listened to broadcasts and interviews or podcasts like this. Realize if you seek truth, you're going to be an extreme minority. It can be found. It's meant to be found, meaning truth. Truth is meant to be found. It can be found. I'll give you a clue. Our purpose of existence is to find truth, and we're being watched to see those of the human race who struggle to find the truth. Notes are being taken. 
and the rest of mankind who fails to discover truth, which is a never-ending journey, by the way, there's a possibility, ancient texts refer to this, that when they die, they will not have a second or third chance. They blew it. I don't want to be in that category. If you don't, there's not much time left to accelerate and speed your journey in pursuit of truth. Because the spiritual warfare has been going on since our inception of the human race. And it's reached a zenith or a pinnacle now because the technology is so advanced. We're at the end game. It started years ago with nanoparticulates and smart dust in the 80s, probably late 70s, 80s. The larger components are now in these formulations that have been pushed and rolled out through trickery starting three years ago and will continue. So there's not much time left. Because there's not much time left, I don't have much time for discussions anymore. Those days are over. Whatever time is left, and it's short, as research scientists, we're using every minute available now in this spiritual war in discovering advanced technologies and getting this knowledge and wisdom and preparing ourselves for the final showdown. So this podcast isn't meant for feel good. It's not meant for entertainment. You want to do that. There's plenty of social platforms that have the comedians and the cat videos, and the painting and the restoration of classic cars or home improvement. So there's no shortage of entertainment and fluff to pass the time away until it's game over. But if there's one or two of you, this episode is meant for you. So this is a kick in the rear end. Get busy. I wish you well on the journey. There's only one direction to head. When we come out of the womb and we mature, a lot of people suffer from arrested development, but if we mature enough, we get to a point we realize our purpose is the pursuit of truth. There's not much time left in this current paradigm to seek that truth. And I'm thoroughly convinced the extent that we're seeking truth will have a direct ratio correlation to whether we experience consciousness in the future once we're dead.